Amen. An elderly Irish woman goes to confession. And she says to the priest, Father, forgive me for I have sinned. I've had sexual relations with a handsome young man. But, but Mrs. O'Reilly, bursts out the startled priest, you're over 95 years old. When did this happen? And the woman replies, 72 years ago this week, but I love to talk about it. If I told you that was a true story, some of you would believe it. Some of you would doubt it for lots of reasons, not least of which is that a priest, Roman or Episcopal, is sworn to absolute secrecy about the content of any confession. Confessions of sin like that are private, but the public confession of faith that we find in today's gospel reading is a different matter. Again, it's public. It starts in doubt, but it ends in certainty. This whole scene is one of the most famous scenes in the Gospels, the scene from our own St. John's Gospel. The resurrected Jesus appears to his disciples. What's just happened three days ago? Anyone recall? The disciples watched their beloved teacher die on the cross. But now everything has changed. John 20, verse 20. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. But somebody was out to lunch when Jesus showed up. Who was that? Yeah, Thomas. Now, whether he was literally out to lunch, I'm thinking Taco Bell, or whether he was at the grocery store, or whether he was on his cell phone with his mom outside, we don't know. We'll never know. But what we do know is that Thomas did not believe the other disciples when they told him about Jesus. Thomas basically said, I'll believe it when I see it. And for this response, Thomas has received a steady share of verbal beatdowns over the centuries, even getting this nickname, this terrible nickname, especially if you're an apostle, Doubting Thomas. And yet for all the verbal beatdowns against Thomas, I think even more Christians over the centuries have found themselves doubting along with Thomas and with Thomas, persevering in their faith. How many of us here have ever struggled with doubt? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you've ever struggled with some issue of doubt. I see lots of hands, including mine. Doubt is not unusual. Some of the most faithful people who ever lived experienced doubt, some of the great prophets, some of the great saints. And speaking of, it's not unusual. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Sir Tom Jones. 
Okay, sorry, I got distracted by Sir Tom Jones and his song, It's Not Unusual. Maybe Tom will come back later in the service. But seriously, the good news is that your doubts, your doubts can actually build up your faith if handled properly and not bring it down. The good news is that your doubts, if handled properly, can actually build up your faith and not bring it down. And the very short answer for how to handle your doubts properly is this simple statement. Always put as much effort into your faith as you do your doubt. Always put as much effort into your faith as you do your doubt. Let's say that together. Always put as much effort into your faith as you do your doubt. Now that's the short answer for how to properly handle your doubt. The longer answer has five points. Point number one, pray about your doubts. Pray about your doubts. Be honest with God and say, God, I'm struggling with this issue. Help me to understand. Or Lord, I don't get this. I'm not sure I am gonna get it. And when I don't, help me to trust in you anyway. Prayer can release a spiritual power in your life to sustain you, even through the darkest moments of doubt. Point number two, think through your doubts. Think through your doubts. Do the intellectual work to develop a more thoughtful, mature faith. You know, there are tons of Christian scientists, philosophers, and theologians who have worked out. I mean, they've worked it out. Almost any intellectual issue you can think about. They've done the work. They've been there. They've wrestled with it. They have an answer for you. Read those authors. Ask the tough questions. Do the heavy mental lifting. And this applies to all of us, whether we have doubts or not. Don't just feel your faith. Think your faith. Point number three, feel through your doubts. Feel through your doubts. You know, it may be that you've gone through some personal tragedy, some horrible set of circumstances that makes you question, that makes you doubt the existence of a loving God. And I can relate to that, just looking at all the sufferings of the world. And so that's okay to feel that way, but feel, work through those feelings and offer up all of those feelings to God. You know, the Psalms are full of people raging at God, accusing God, weeping with God, questioning God. Well, you can do that too. Offer all that up in prayer. And then read or listen to the stories of Christians who have endured the most horrific tragedies and have emerged with their faith stronger or their faith restored. Hearts can be healed. A broken heart of faith can be healed, including yours. Point number four, point number four, doubt your doubts. Doubt your doubts. You know, you don't actually have to believe every single thought that comes into your mind. Doubt your doubts and affirm your core beliefs. 
And a wonderful way to do that is, is using the words of someone 2,000 years ago. A way to doubt your doubts and affirm your core beliefs we can find all the way back in Mark chapter 9, verse 24. This very simple thing that a man once said to Jesus. He said this, Mark 9, 24. I believe. Help my unbelief. Let's say that together. I believe. Help my unbelief. Mark 9, 24. Isn't that a wonderful prayer? A wonderful affirmation of faith? Use it as often as you need. Pray it aloud. I have. Point number five. Point number five. Feed your faith, not your doubt. Feed your faith, not your doubt. I have seen this way too often, way too often when people start to experience doubts, they essentially start starving their faith and they only feed their doubt. No, always put as much effort into your faith as you do your doubt. Now, that looks like a lot of things for different people, but that includes continuing to worship on Sundays or starting to worship on Sundays, staying connected to your Christian friends, practicing your faith daily, and eating lots of ice cream. Now, I was just making sure you were paying attention there. Chocolate chip cookie dough, please. So the good news is that your doubts, however severe, however minor, can, when handled properly, actually build up your faith and not bring it down. And the short answer for how to do that is what? Always put as much effort into your faith as you do your doubt. Let's say that together. Always put as much effort into your faith as you do your doubt. And the longer answer are those five points. Number one, pray about your doubts. Number two, think through your doubts. Number three, feel through your doubts. Number four, doubt your doubts. And number five, feed your faith, not your doubts. Now I have a big question for you. Big question. Did you know that doubt can actually be a sign of spiritual growth? Yes, this is attested to all throughout the centuries by the spiritual teachers. And Paul Tillich, one of the great theologians of the last century, who was featured on the cover of Time magazine, had this to say, quote, the old faith must die, eaten away by doubts, but only so that a new and deeper faith may be born, end of quote. The old faith must die, eaten away by doubts, but only so that a new and deeper faith may be born. God can use your doubts to grow you into a more thoughtful human being, and a person whose faith is stronger and more robust. But a key is don't deal with your doubts alone. Whether your doubt is more of an intellectual issue, whether your doubt is more of a heart issue because of something you experienced, there are lots of people in this church and in plenty of other places who have worked through those kind of intellectual and emotional issues, and they would be happy to work with you about them. They'd be happy to listen to your concerns, share a little bit about their story. In fact, let me just do a survey right now. 
How many of you here have done some work on some of these intellectual issues or emotional issues as it relates to doubt, and you would be happy to listen to and talk with someone about them? Raise your hand. Okay, I see a few hands. So there are people out there. And of course, you can always talk to me and you could talk to Deacon Susan as well. The amazing thing, the interesting thing about Thomas is that his doubting actually led to the most profound statement of faith. In fact, Thomas's statement of faith is the biggest, the most complex, the strongest throughout the whole Gospel of John. And we find it in John 20, verse 28. Thomas says to Jesus, my Lord and my God. So always put as much effort into your faith as you do your doubt. Always put as much effort into your faith as you do your doubt. Doubt is not something that you need to feel guilty about. Doubt does not disqualify you from the journey of faith. In fact, your doubts might be the very spiritual kindling, the very spiritual firewood that the Holy Spirit is going to ignite to bring your faith to a whole new level so that your faith will burn brighter and more warmly than ever before. And then, along with Mrs. O'Reilly, you will love to talk about it too. Amen. <laughs>